Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe, and this is the last time you have to hear me by myself for a little while. Ashley and I will be back with season three of Read It or List It next week, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of really fun things. So I'm very excited for that to come back. But also, I am so excited to share today's interview with you. We are joined by Alexa Martin, author of the Intercepted series and her latest book, Mom Jeans and Other Mistakes, just hit shelves yesterday, September 7th. It's one of my favorite reads this summer, and I really hope that you enjoy it as well. And I had so much fun with Alexa. She was so generous with her time, and it really felt just like hanging out with a friend. We record these interviews with video, so you'll hear me giggling throughout because she was just so animated and so much fun, and I am incredibly grateful for her time. Mom Jeans and Other Mistakes is Alexa's first foray into women's fiction about two friends, Lauren and Jude, who decide they're going to live together and raise Lauren's daughter kind of like in a, as Alexa says, a sister wives without the husbands type of way. They're best friends and they both go on some really, really important life journeys. And I think this is a book that's going to resonate with a lot of people. Here's my interview with Alexa. Well, I am so excited to welcome to Read It or List It, Alexa Martin, someone who we've talked about a lot on the show during all of our romance series. And her latest book, Mom Jeans and Other Mistakes, is so close to hitting shelves when we are recording this. It'll be out next week, and I cannot wait for you to read it. I absolutely loved it. So welcome to the show, Alexa. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. So obviously, like I said, you're no stranger to our listeners, but if you want to introduce yourself, tell us maybe a couple of fun facts, any of those, the, those things, we would love to hear from you. So I am Alexa Martin. I am an author of romance and now women's fiction, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a stay-at-home mom outside of writing. I've married my high school sweetheart. Uh, which is, and he played the NFL, which is what the first romance series is loosely based off of. Um, Let's see, fun facts. I have wasted all of my money in the pandemic buying ridiculous things on Etsy that I do not need at all. (laughs) It is a problem. Yes. Um, And I'm trying to think, I don't really have that many fun facts about myself. I'm also a Little Mix fan, which um, they're a British girl group. Yes. I'm all obsessed with. I actually thank them in like my acknowledgments of mom jeans <laughs> for being a shining example of female friendship. And yeah. Girl bossery, even though I do have the term girl boss, but it's just a thing. Um, and they have a new song coming out tomorrow, which is why I'm thinking of them because I just think about them probably more than is a healthy amount to think about people you don't know. Well, I feel like in the last 18 months, we're all kind of out of fun facts about ourselves. <laughs> it's like, I've said all of them. Like, I don't, I don't do anything. I stay yeah. at home <laughs> and panic every time I have a headache. Yes. Just like, for a uh, sinus infection, oh. which I got like COVID tested for. It's not COVID. It's not 
but I still have like the cough that's lingering and I've never felt so much shame as to when I'm in public and I have to cough and I like want to like announce everybody it's okay yeah (laughs) we um so my husband and I moved out of New York City throughout the pandemic because um I'm an actor he used to work on Broadway and uh obviously that was a, it's coming back, thankfully, but we, we moved out to the suburbs. And so I've never had like allergies in the last like six years. And so, uh, I had like the worst allergies and I was just like spiraling and I, and I, I like got tested like four times. And my husband was like, Phoebe, calm down. (laughs) My husband all the time. I'm vaccinated. My oldest son is vaccinated, but I'm still, and he's just like, if there was COVID in our house, you would not be the only sick person. Yeah. <laughs> does not make sense. Right, exactly. And you're just like, oh my gosh. It's but so- maybe. <laughs> I'm like, I would be the breakthrough case. Exactly. It would be me. Like, it. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, just the mindset we've all been in. But um, your book, which I finished over the weekend, was so fun And I felt very many feelings. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) I have lots of feelings throughout this book. So I'm going to need to know how you felt writing it. Um, But this, like you said, now you're moving into women's fiction. So what was different about writing this book? And like, where did the idea for this come from? Well, so obviously my first series is romance. And when I started writing, romance is all I read. And so it was all I had any inclination Mm -hmm. to write. But then as I was writing the series, the like Lady Mustangs became more and more prevalent to the story. And I just loved writing those scenes. Mm-hmm. So eventually I was like, maybe I just really want to write a book about friendship. And so I went to my agent and my editor and they're like, yeah, we think you'd be great at that. We love your friendships. And so my editor, very kindly to narrow down my crazy brain was like, send me a list of four themes that you'd want, that you'd be interested in touching on. And so it was female friendship, um, mother-daughter dynamics, mm-hmm. um, toxic relationships, and then like finding yourself outside of motherhood type of thing. And she's like, perfect, great. Let's come up with some ideas. And at first, the idea was to have two single moms living together. But I have four kids. And I was like, that's too much mommy and yeah. I cannot be all mom in real life and all mom in my pretend life as well. I can't. can't (laughs) So, and also my best friend lives in New York City, is single, has no children. And the dynamic between us is like really fun. I think obviously I'm a little biased. She's my best friend. Um, But, you know, I live vicariously through her and her online dating and all that fun stuff. And then she's just like, why won't your kids put on their shoes (laughs) when we're on the phone? And so I just really wanted to kind of dive into that. And also, I always say, like, anything happened with me and Derek, I just like to move in with, like, my friends, even my friends, like... (laughs) <laughs> nothing happened yeah I'm just like why don't we just leave our husbands and live on a compound together <laughs> with the children and raise them all together like sister wives without the husband yeah <laughs> okay, um I love my husband um that's fine but you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was kind of diving into that but then as the book kind of progressed there are other themes as happens with a lot of my books, I think I'm going in telling one thing and then the story kind of evolves and I realize there's a lot more beneath mm-hmm. the surface. And um, so it's just really nice to explore Jude as a character who is single in this influencer, which is 
something that I always find very interesting is being mm-hmm. these people's lives on the internet and we think they're perfect, but what are they really like? And also Lauren, who is a people pleaser to her core and in doing that has kind of sabotaged herself. Mm-hmm. And so watching her learn that it doesn't matter what you do for other people, you can't, no matter how nice you are to somebody, you can't influence their behavior. So just going through that and- Yeah, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> and the importance of friendship throughout it all and how these relationships that oftentimes get looked over are mm-hmm. really the ones that ground us. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've had some worse, like the worst breakups in my life have been friend breakups. Like, yeah. because, uh, and I think this book really delves into that idea that like, you know, your friends are supposed to be the people who you can be like, like I, when I fight with my husband, obviously I know he loves me. And like, so it's like, you can say all these things, but like with our friends, sometimes we get a little bit more hesitant to be like, he's not a great guy or she's not a great girl. What are you doing? Because they can like, not that friend love isn't unconditional, but there's a bit, I feel like there's a little bit more of a hesitation. Yeah, we've locked our husbands in by law. It's a lot harder for them. To yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And like, I am so overprotective of my friends and it's gotten me to me too. Yeah. It's gotten to me into trouble a couple of times because I used to have no filter. And then like, as you grow up, you kind of realize, okay, maybe I need to find a better way to like phrase these things. Um, So I could really, I could relate to um, Jude and Lauren on that level where it's like, you watch this person you love and care about so much, like continually making choices that are hurting them. And you're like, oh, and I feel like that was one of the feelings I had throughout reading because it was so, um, it, like you didn't hold back in any aspects and they so like we got to like see the fallout of these decisions like um I don't want to give any spoilers obviously <laughs> but dealing with Ben, ben <laughs> I know he might be my best villain yet I felt like oh. I'm very proud of my editor who is usually very quiet while she reads my books and then I'll get my edits back sent me an email and she's like I hate Ben <laughs> in the middle of reading and I was I've never been happier with myself ever (laughs) like but so such a realistic relationship I think and um seeing because I don't I don't have any um friends who are divorced who have children or have children um have children with um a a former partner Mm -hmm. and those fears that Lauren talks about just like I cannot lose this little girl and I don't have kids yet but people always say like you know I I have nieces and nephews and kids who I care about a lot Mm -hmm. I'm like if I love you this much what am I gonna be like when I have my own and like that that feeling of like it's your heart outside your body is just like so captured in Lauren's life and Addie has to be like one of the most adorable characters I've read about in a long time. <laughs> I loved writing Abby. She's basically just a combination of my two girls, like put oh, together. On yeah. The- I was going to ask where she came from own. because yeah. like, she's so bright and honest and like, like, this is why I love, like, this is why I love kindergartners. Like <laughs> they're just, they look at you with such awe and inspiration and they love you so much but they still say everything that comes to mind everything yeah my youngest daughter Ellis is in kindergarten and she'll go mom 
are you my best friend? We're besties, right? I'm like, yes, we are best friends. Forever. Never stop being best friends. Were any of her little one-liners, anything that your kids have said? I mean, my oldest daughter, it's been a while since she's been that age. She's um, turning 12 this month, but she is so sassy and mm. like strong feminist since like the day she was like born pretty much I remember once and she was like four and she told me she goes you know mom about like her friends at school she's like if you're nice to me I'm nice or if you like me I like you if you don't like me I don't like you either and that was it like and I was like how do I learn your ways (laughs) wise one because I just want everybody to like me I can't just brush it off and be like I'm like why don't you like me what can I do what can I change about myself same (laughs) that's why I shouldn't be an internet person but oh well (laughs) I know or write books any of that stuff it's like (laughs) how can I make you love me in my words um and I mean even this year she's you know back in school it's a new school it's all this stuff and um she came home one day telling me about like her friends like disappointed because she found out some of her friends are um, their political affiliations and I was like oh "Oh, I forgot to tell you not to talk politics at school which is something I have to tell my sixth grader (laughs) (laughs) that I thought about but it is something I have to do and then she like was telling them she won't eat at Chick-fil-a and got into like a debate with them not even a debate I'm impressed I I love that I know me too like the new kid at school like telling like okay well I don't eat there because I support transgender people and I don't like that people are against them like because there's nothing wrong with it or to be against and like I think the girl tried to come back with her and she's like about something saying something was gross and Harlow's like well I think that's stupid and just like walked away and was just like I don't think I want to be friends anymore and I was like yeah I don't blame you I was like I'm really proud of you for you know having high standards of your friend she was like I don't really have high standards you just can't be transphobic and I was like again you are 11 in okay. how Putting that on a t-shirt though, that's, yeah. incre- well, that's incredible. Yeah. And so clearly yeah. you are raising wonderful humans and that gives me such hope for <laughs> the next generation. Wow. Yeah, she's a really good one. She's a really good one. <laughs> well, that's seriously incredible. And well, we definitely see that in, in Addie then that fiery spirit, not afraid and um, such a huge support system to the adult women in her life. Yeah. Um, which is absolutely wonderful. It was a nice, um, pure, happy balance to some of the um, harder things that Lauren and Jude are struggling with in private. Yeah. And so I've mentioned Ben <laughs> and the, I mean, like though some of those scenes were just um, like a pit in my stomach would form and I'd be like, oh my God, Lauren, no, no, no. But also she's so well-intentioned that you can't really blame her. And, you know, she's putting, she's putting her child before herself, which I think every mother everywhere says is an absolute no brainer. But if I felt that way reading, I don't know how you felt writing. So how did you like, like, did you have those like visceral feelings when creating Ben? And like, how did you like take care of yourself mentally during that? Well, and you know, I wrote this during the pandemic. So there came a point where I was just like, oh gosh, um, some of these things, <laughs> it, you know, got a little, I think it was a little heavier than at first when I sat down to write it, what I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be, it got, because it was hard not to get a little darker throughout 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think for Lauren, they were hard for me, but I think the hardest parts were really knowing that eventually 
Lauren could say she was doing these things for her kid, but having to realize like, oh, I just don't want to have these fights and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm doing it as much for me and I'm letting this happen. And so that was hard because that was kind of a slap in the face to myself where I have mm-hmm. definitely taken the easy way out and just been like, oh, but like, I was just trying to be like the nice guy, but really I knew what the outcome was going to be. And so at what point you have to like stop letting these things happen. Um, honestly, the hardest scenes for me to write were with Jude and her mom. Mm-hmm. Those were the hardest scenes for me. This, it was a really important subject for me to broach because I had a really, my mom was my best friend. And at a certain point, I think now I can look back and say that she had some unaddressed trauma in her life that manifested once she got older and kind of, you know, really changed the trajectory of who she was as a person and Mm -hmm. all her relationships, which was a direct effect with me. Um, And so it was the constantly hearing, being afraid to kind of say like, I'm having a really hard time with my mom because everybody's like, oh, but that's your mom. You only have one mom. It's that those toxic relationships that our family, especially where people are just like, well, you have to put up with it Mm -hmm. and kind of really discussing that and how that can change and how that can really affect a person and how it's okay to set boundaries no matter who they're with. Um, So those scenes were really the toughest. Those I hold a lot of really like personal things from my own life is like you know for Jude and in a way I was was talking to my therapist about it (laughs) (laughs) I was saying for me I think that this book as much as it's fiction it was also very healing for me and it also let me close a loop in my own life right I think Mm -hmm. we go through we have these things and we need to close the circles and without doing that it's very hard to move on and so being able to write Jude story especially um I was kind of able to process some of my own stuff Mm -hmm. in my own life (laughs) Um, and um Jude kind of got the brunt of it (laughs) (laughs) she does have and she has her her fabulous exterior but I think Jude's a great lesson for all of us that what we can put out into the world is our highlight reel Mm -hmm. and that that doesn't mean that everything's perfect behind the scenes and like we also get to, we get to control how much of ourselves that people have access to. Um, And like you said, with boundary setting. So like you said, as much as it's fiction, I do hope that a lot of people can take uh, some of these lessons. Uh, Cause I know I like, whenever I, there's books that I've, I've stayed with me because they've given me courage or I've seen myself in them. And so whether someone reads this and feels like they're not alone, or maybe they're like, Hey, maybe next time I don't need to pick up the phone. I think that that could be really, really great. So (laughs) all of that, how does that like affect your writing process? Like what's your writing process? Like, um, anything, uh, special or unique about it? Um, I don't think so. Obviously my writing process, my writing process was getting out of my house Mm -hmm. and going to a coffee (laughs) shop. I had like my same table that I would always go to, um, sit there, write for a while, um, get it out, go home, move on. It's really hard for me to write with my kids home. I try to, but it's not even that I try to focus. I can only focus on one thing at a time. (laughs) I can't like write a line and then go make dinner and write some more and answer a question. Like, I'm like, I need to focus on like my kids or my book. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do that. And so obviously when COVID hit, I, stopped and we were actually in Mexico 
when COVID hit and when I was writing this book. And in Mexico, where we were, took it very seriously. So it was full lockdown. They uh, also closed, it turned into a dry state because they said like, people like some you know there was more domestic violence so you could not buy alcohol oh wow um alcohol is also a storyline and there was probably mm-hmm. my own being like um how do I mask my feelings yeah now? <laughs> 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 and so um that and so it was and we were you know in this like little house that didn't have an office that was fine for us when we were gone most of the day, but once we all had to be in there together. So that was hard. So I started waking up earlier. I'm very much a creature of habit. So I need like to, I have a playlist where I can pick like a song, one of the same songs. I have to like have the same like coffee with, I would order Starbucks since I couldn't go to Starbucks. I would Uber Eats like a muffin and a coffee and then kind of lock myself away um, or wake up much earlier before my kids came down and do mm-hmm. it that way. But I always have like the same thing. I get a coffee, I check social media, I pick a song, I close everything. And then I write uh, for why I like hide my phone in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> can't blink at me. Um, yeah, it was. And then when I finished the story, I was like, oh God, the deadline, I have to finish, I have to finish. And so then I locked my, literally like locked myself in a room and wrote for like a week and I like bought snacks and hid away. Wow. And I honestly, in, endings of books are very hard for me. And mm-hmm. I really, I knew kind of what was going to happen, but I think like locking myself away and just getting fully immersed in it. I really love like the ending and how the black moment plays out it plays mm-hmm. a little differently than I've ever kind of done one before obviously it's not a romance so it's different yeah um but just like the structure of it was really really fun and for me to write well I was going to ask since endings are hard maybe this is uh, exciting um where do you think Lauren and Jude are now I think they're <laughs> I think that they are obvious I think they're still best friends mm-hmm. I think I think that they're both I on the rise like I don't see them being roommates anymore not because they didn't want to be but because they don't need that I see them both as their own people with healthier relationships not only with themselves um like as a friendship as a unit but like also as individuals to where they Mm -hmm. don't need a full live-in support system anymore (laughs) um but I also see them like having like a quarantine bubble together and spending like their weekends and probably having like sleepovers and stuff yeah oh oh no did did COVID get to them I'm like I now I can't get over when like books are like mentioned the pandemic I'm like no I I can't do it no I'm writing another book and it's like pretending that it's I get a little anxiety this next one takes place like she owns a bookshop so it's like a small bookshop and people are just like there together and I'm like six feet but then I'm like it doesn't exist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I prefer the world where it doesn't exist I mean yeah. if you think about it no there's no books the great Gatsby doesn't talk about the Spanish flu yeah. so no. or the, the 1918 flu so we don't need it yeah. well you mentioned your writing playlist which is very cool something we like to do here is pair books with songs um so do you have a song that you would pair with this book okay I have a I have a couple Okay. So there's <laughs> one song called Bathroom Floor by Maddie and Tay. It's mm-hmm. a country song. And it's like about a breakup. And it's like you're crying on the floor, but get up and take you out. We're going to, you know, 
get drunk and laugh and then be back on the bathroom floor because like we're laughing and drunk yeah. and that felt very fitting but there's this other song hold on I have to find it that I found kind of after I was done writing it and I was like oh it's definitely about like a relationship but it still feels so fitting like Jude would have written this for Lauren and it's called let's see I have my all my book playlist the song is called she waits for me to come back down which is a mouthful of a song title it's by donovan woods and katie pruitt and it is oh i love katie pruitt oh god it's so good i i never heard of them i think i was just listening to like a random like americana folk yeah <laughs> that have been thrown together um and then also you know little mix songs just because that's the vibe <laughs> little mixes always my soundtrack yeah oh I forgot to mention one um speaking of the the strong female friendships my favorite moment had to be or the the rewriting of the uh, the evil stepmother trope I was obsessed with it I literally we were in the car we went to go see my parents and I was like yes <laughs> like thank you so much one of my friends was just like, what do you, what is like, why would she not? And I was just like, to be fair, my friend is also a psychologist who deals with some crazy family issues. And so when yeah. they're there, it's because there's some, cra- there's some like hard things happening. Um, and so she'd seen recently had seen an evil stepmom character, mm-hmm. right? uh, but not a character, <laughs> but so many of, not so many of my friends, but I ha- I know a lot of people who had a child with somebody the husband the dad was completely out of the picture until he got in a new relationship and that woman basically like forced him back like oh no like that's your kid right and here we're making sure child support's on time and we're gonna have great relationships with your kid and with their mom and I just think I just hate the evil stepmother trope mm-hmm. um, and I just didn't want to do it I think in every level like there's difficult relationships but also it's just showing like these strong friendships and how women, inclusive women, um, right. support each other, right? From Addie supporting her little friends at school to mm-hmm. the stepmoms to when the ex and to like the mothers of these adult children. Yeah, right? well, I think it's like refreshing to see because like obviously cliches exist for a reason and there are toxic relationships on every form, but I think it's like a really like hearing Lauren's internal monologue of like, I don't have to hate this person. This person's in my child's life. Um, and this person I can tell is a good person. Like, just like, it was nice to see Lauren, like trust her gut. And the fact that like the problems were between her and her former fiance there, it doesn't like, we don't always have to be pitting women against each other. So I think like that anytime I see that in a story, it's just like, oh, thank goodness, because it doesn't <laughs> always have to go there. It doesn't. Yeah. It, again, it does happen, right? Like, yeah, not everybody's going to get along. Not everybody's going to be a good person, but sometimes they are. And like, let's show those stories too. Right. And especially like, because uh, Stephanie is a white woman and in a very pivotal time, she used her privilege mm-hmm. um, for good, which yeah. I think was very very important for for us to see and read and um I don't know it just made me really happy <laughs> the whole book made me so happy oh good I'm so, so glad um I'm really, it, I love it I had the most fun writing it I had the most fun 
editing it, which never happens, like reading things and instead of being like, oh God, it's garbage. <laughs> um, like laughing, it seems like, oh wow, I still think that's funny. And I still really love the story that was told and the message mm. and the themes that I was able to explore. And I'm, I'm just so excited for people to read it. Yeah, well, it comes out September 7th, which is right around the corner. <laughs> um, so exciting. Is this your, this is your first, is this your first virtual launch or did you, did you have one last year? I can't remember. Uh, time is one. Okay, yeah. Virtual, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like time is bleeding together. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Amber says all the time. There is no time. Yeah. <laughs> time doesn't yeah. exist. Um, all right. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, even though it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> but if you're working on anything else right now, can you tell us about it? Yeah. So I'm actually working on my next book, which is a romance. And it is about a woman who hates books, but inherited a bookstore from her grandma. And so now she's the owner of the small bookstore. And in the bookstore, she also inherited her grandma's friends of books, like uh, book club, the Dirty Birds, who are meddling and nosy and concoct a plan to set her up with their new favorite, oh, so sexy romance author. Um, oh, and I'm so excited. Yeah, it's really <laughs> fun. Um, and he kind of crafts a book bucket list to convert her to be a book lover. And so fun. really fun. Obviously, I was just like, it's just gonna be fun and light and breezy. But like, obviously, she inherited the bookstore because her grandma passed. So I was like, grief, sadness. <laughs> We always have to pepper that in there. Wrap it all together. (laughs) As um, do you know Denise Williams? She wrote how to. So when we had her on the podcast, she said, "You know, we contain multitudes. (laughs) So like when it comes to romance, everyone contains multitudes." And I think that's what's so great about romance is that it's everybody deserves a happily ever after, not just people who are happy. Like you could be really struggling with some stuff, and you still deserve to be happy someday. You still deserve love like yes I'll put that on a t-shirt as well (laughs) I'll put it into my non-existent Etsy shop so that everybody can spend more money on Etsy throughout the pandemic I appreciate that I feel like you're really keeping me in mind (laughs) all right well thank you so much for your time Alexa this was so much fun the highlight of my Thursday and like I said Mom Jeans and Other Mistakes is out September 7th. And if you want to support an independent bookstore, you can use our Libro FM code to get your copy. Uh, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Uh, I just hope you enjoy this book. Um, I hope you listening to this wonderful podcast. <laughs> uh, and thank you so much for listening and for having me. In of your course. I'm your- truly honored. When your team reached out, I was like, yeah, how soon is too soon to say yes? <laughs> I've had the most fun and I just really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and read Mom Jeans. Yes, well, everyone else needs to read it now. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alexa. Thank you. Wasn't she so much fun? I told you. I absolutely loved getting to chat with Alexa, all things writing, life, and just dealing with this ongoing pandemic and what that's like as a parent, as a person. So thank you so much, Alexa. And thank you so much to Berkeley for making this interview happen. 
like I said, I'll be back next week with Ashley when we launch season three of Read It or List It. And who can believe that we want launched this little podcast right before the world shut down that we would be beginning our third season. We'll always have more fun interviews coming, but we'll be back to the banter of the two of us as well. Thank you so much for listening. Pick up a copy of Mom Jeans and Other Mistakes, and we'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved, 2020.